This is the story of three little girls who made it in the face of adversity. This is the story of a single mother whose life and love led her to raise her children to be independent and self-sufficient. This is our story. I'm your host, LaToya Dixon, and welcome to Passion Fueled Purpose. I don't ever remember a time when we weren't going to college. I'm not sure how mama learned about how to do financial aid paperwork or what was involved in even getting accepted into college, but somehow, some way, it seemed as if that was always the only choice. Sometimes I wonder how she felt the first time she took Tanya to Clemson University, which was for summer orientation after she'd been accepted. Mama and Tanya traveled to Clemson with a map in the brand new Ford that she'd purchased from the used car lot. I often wonder how she worked so hard not to allow fear to stand in the way of making sure she pushed us so that we would have a better life. A large part of our desire to have a better life had to do with living in the projects, growing up in housing authority where rent was based on your income. Some of the experiences were just downright humiliating. I think sometimes when people think of public housing, they really don't have the whole story. Here's what my mom had to say. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Most people in housing authority, they don't have the whole story. They just have I can remember my mom trying on multiple occasions, numerous times, to purchase a home, to find another place for us to live, and every time getting our hopes up high, only to learn that, once again, it didn't work out. What some people don't know is that the day I graduated from college, May 7th, 1999, I drove home back to the projects. I lived there until the end of the summer before getting my own apartment in a different apartment complex, the cheapest I could afford, 
although it was not the projects, before starting my first year teaching. Leaving Mama there, still in the projects after we'd all made it out, was not a good thing for us. We were determined, my sisters and I, to find a way to get Mom her own place. She'd worked so hard for us to make it out. We didn't and just could not leave her there. And I graduated and got my own apartment. That's when I felt like, hey, I was no longer a resident of the project. I had my own apartment um, and basically my own address different from where we grew up. But it was bittersweet because mama was still in the project. So even though I was happy and felt relieved that I was out, I did not truly feel completely free until mama got out. I'll never forget the day my sisters and I moved mama out of the projects. It was a accomplishment years in the making. What a glorious, freeing, liberating day. It's hard to even put it into words. I asked mama if she remembered it. Here's what she shared. See, when I moved out, I still wasn't making a lot of money. Y'all even helped me to get out here. And helping Mama has been the joy of my life. For all she sacrificed for us, it felt very small. Mom says it was liberating to get out of the projects. I asked her about how it felt to own her own home, which she now does. Oh, honey, it's a it's a feeling that I never thought I'd feel. Even though I, you know, tried, kept trying. I never thought I'd make it. I never thought I'd get there, but I got there. Because I didn't give up. You know, I kept trying. Kept trying. Yeah, because after, after all y'all went to school and moved out down on your own, they were going to put me in a one-bedroom apartment. They were going to charge me the same thing. So I'd be going on the rent and charge me the same thing. You know, put me in one bedroom apartment, you know. I couldn't have visitors unless I asked them. You know, y'all couldn't come to stay for a week or whatever. Couldn't visit and stay unless you had to get permission from them. But I was on it. And then, what was I supposed to do with all my stuff? You know, like my bedroom furniture and stuff. Stuff that I had when y'all was there. I guess I was supposed to go home and You just had one bedroom, you know, or stuff, just stuff. I think my sisters and I would all say there are so many things around living in the projects and uh, living in public housing that people just don't understand. It's not as simple as save your money up and get a new place. I think mama articulates it really well. In our situation, there was very little extra. We lived paycheck to paycheck. And so even when mama got raises, they just went towards the new rent that was now raised because it was based on our income. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's the thing about it. You know, if you take that money in the house, it's charge you for rent and you're going to try to find another place. 
place you get is not gonna be there, you know, it's not gonna be livable. It's gonna be like, you know, people not keeping their stuff fixed up and stuff, but you really don't have enough money to get a piece of money. Yeah. You gotta have more than that. You gotta have more than what you're paying. I bet if you ask any of our friends from the neighborhood growing up, they remember when we get off the bus and see these papers stuck inside the front screen door. It meant we were all getting ready to have an inspection. Housing Authority would come in and check your apartment for cleanliness, down to the windowsills, dust in the corners and cracks. And if you didn't pass, there was a chance you could be written up or maybe even asked to leave. People have no idea how many times this happens and how it makes you feel pretty much like a second-class citizen, even if you are paying rent. Someone's coming in to inspect uh, whether or not you're keeping it clean, literally checking windowsills with gloves on for dust. I hated inspection, and so did my mama. You work every day. You come home from work on Monday. You got to know when you're doing something. You got to expect inspection when you got to have the windows washed. When the seals and cracks locked on, the cracks, all this stuff, you got to have everything just perfect. But you work every day now. They can't do like a day over. I'm telling you, I'm going to clean prison. Go to the mall, come to you. You got to get all this stuff done. You got to have time to do that. Yeah, people just don't people just don't know the whole story. They don't know the whole story. Yeah. I appreciate how the thought of my kids, Mom. But that was the best I could do. I appreciate it. One for them. What's my house thought, you know, I don't know what I was doing. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything that how the thought did for me. But I don't appreciate the fact that it's also a trap. I don't appreciate that, you know. Yeah. It shouldn't be a trap. It should be a, a way out for you. Yeah. It should be a place for you to stay until you can do better, get on your feet. But you get on your feet, somebody got to help you. You can't just get on your feet with no extra help. You know what I'm saying? It's like getting another place to stay, uh, getting another new apartment. You gotta have extra money, like I say, for down for deposits and stuff to be able to get that place. But if you're living from paycheck to paycheck, week to month to month, you don't got nothing left on. One of the most important things I think my mom said in this interview series was around to get on your feet, you have to have help. I'm hoping that the educators who are listening to this series and people in general will recognize that. Folks that are living in low-income housing don't have a flaw in their character and aren't or should not be thought of as not trying to do better. As Mama would say, to get on your feet, you've got to have some help. So as you move forward and you're thinking about poverty and what you can do, I hope you'll find a way to help. Whether that be sponsoring a child on a field trip, buying uh, back-to-school supplies, volunteering at your local school or organization. Remember, no one stands up when they've been knocked down. 
all on their own. It's when we all work together and try to help each other that the world can become a better place. And this is why my passion is fueled with purpose. Join us next time for Passion Fueled Purpose.